Hi, welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Eczema Honey. Eczema Honey puts emphasis on high quality and food grade ingredients known for their revitalizing and skin loving properties. And today's episode is also brought to you by Fairhaven Health. The Milkies Softies nursing pads have three layers of plush natural fiber that protect against leaks, and they are reusable. But we'll hear more from our sponsors later on. I think Diane has our review of the week. I do have our review of the week, and it is from Nameless217. This podcast is so helpful. I currently have a two-month-old. I was blessed with a baby who came out a breastfeeding guru. However, there was always doubts and questions, not only about breastfeeding, but parenting too. For example, as a nurse, I was always educating ABCs of safe sleep to my patients. I told myself I would never let my baby sleep with me. Boy, did that one fail fast. This podcast helped me to be more informed about my decision to bed share, especially when I was too tired to fight her into the bassinet. We both sleep better and longer when we are together. These ladies are the best and lay it out all out there for you. I've been skipping around to episodes that I think would be helpful, and I hope to get them all listened to eventually. Thank you so much for all you do with this podcast. Thank you. Congratulations. And she said her baby was two months old when she wrote this, and this was not that long ago, but um, congratulations on your success. And this is a great point. Well, there's two reasons why I picked this, this one, but... One of the things is like your your baby might come out breastfeeding well. Like that that's not unco- like that's a, that's great. Like we don't yeah. expect your baby to have problems, but there's always questions. You know, you always have questions even when things are going really well, you're still going to have questions just like anything else in life. So it doesn't hurt to just have the information, right? Like it just it doesn't hurt. Don't look for information from crazy places. Get really good fact-based, evidence-based information and be confident in what you're doing. And the other reason why, well, of course I picked it because it's sleep-related. But definitely, like, you know, we love to see your reviews. Send them to us. You can email them to us. You can put them on um, iTunes, which is really, really helpful if you have iTunes to put them on iTunes because it does, like, help with the podcast. So that would be really great. Um, But you can send them to us via email, too, at badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com or you can go through our website badassbreastfeedingpodcast which I hope you already look at because there's so much cool stuff on there and we are going to talk about sleep again today right? Yeah perfect. Not there's just way too much stuff associated with sleep to not do a podcast every I don't know what couple weeks on sleep. (laughs) Totally and it is so intertwined with breastfeeding. Because oh we God, think of it's yeah. like two different topics, but it's really not two different topics. It's like these yeah. are so intimately related. And that's one of the things that we're going to bring up today, because what we're going to talk about today with the four-month sleep regression, on quotes, I'm doing the air quotes that nobody can see, but um, <laughs> that is like, everybody thinks that that's a feeding problem. Anytime you go to anybody, I don't care who it is, outside your circle of moms or whatever, if you say that your baby is not sleeping, they automatically think it's a feeding problem. Automatically, right? I oh, they're not that, eating enough. I think that's true with like all kinds of things that happen. With anything. Yeah. Like, it's just like, oh, this must be related to breastfeeding. Right. And you know, he's not getting enough or he's not, you know, something like that. Like, even just like the questions that we get just about like the breast area. Well, my breast is itchy. Is that, you know... 
is that something related to breastfeeding? And I remember, I remember that as well. Like I had something, I don't know, going on with my breast. And I was like, I was like freaking out, called my lactation consultant friend. And I was like, what is this? Oh my God, is this, what is this? Is this thrush? Is this whatever? And she was like, um, you know, sometimes it has nothing to do with breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh. I never but thought I about know, that. Yeah. Well, we just think so. I've said that to people a lot. Like this is not a feeding problem. Yeah. This is a baby problem. Like, or, you know, it's just, just a, a baby thing. It's just a thing or it's a skin thing or it's a, you know, whatever. Like it just doesn't ha- mean it has something to do with breastfeeding every time. Just because you're breastfeeding right now doesn't mean that everything that's going to happen in your life during your breastfeeding time is going to be breastfeeding related. Right. Um, but it is hard when you have those outside voices saying to you, oh, it's because you're breastfeeding. It's right. Because you're breastfeeding. Yeah. Or your is- baby must not be getting enough or you're, you know, try to give more food. That way they'll sleep. Like, put them in a food coma because that's what we want for our children, right? We want to put them in a food coma so that they'll sleep. So I can get a few extra winks. I mean, we all agree that the few extra winks are helpful. But sometimes at our baby's expense, we have to figure out a different way to get those winks. Well, yeah. I mean, putting them to a food coma is downright dangerous. Your baby wakes frequently for a reason. Absolutely. You know, that's not, you can't just then put them into a deep sleep. I mean, that's why formula is a SIDS risk. And, you know, it's not, I'm not saying that, you know, everyone's a bad parent for using formula. I did too. But there's a reason why putting kids getting, you know, into a deep sleep and not being able to wake up as easily is a risk. I mean, breast milk is super thin. They eat frequently. They wake to eat frequently because they're not developmentally ready to Sleep that long. That's what it comes That's down to. That's not what their brain can do right now. It's not safe. It's so all they wake up. Yeah, yeah, they wake up, and you don't have to worry about it. Now people get all freaked out. Oh my god! Oh my god! No, like they are gonna do it. They're gonna do it. That's what they're designed to do. They're designed to wake, to suckle frequently. Yeah, it's just part. It doesn't mean it's going to happen forever. But this is the stuff. If you go back to the expectations episode we did a few weeks ago, if you haven't listened to that yet, then definitely listen to that because this is where a lot of this comes from. And when you're pregnant, it's like people know when they, when they plan to have a baby, they know that babies don't sleep well. Right. Like it's not, it's not a secret. I feel like, right. Like people know this, but then when it actually happens or maybe they just, I don't like, do they know? I don't know. I don't know. All you see on TV and movies are babies sleeping. (laughs) <laughs> quietly sleeping in the corner that's all you see bad baby and yeah. and there's the saying sleeps like a baby that's true yeah what kind of moron came up with that not somebody who's ever had a baby no so i don't know i think people might think that they sleep a little bit more than they actually do it's just crazy and then, and then they, they don't think oh my baby sleeps Oh, yeah. You know, my baby sleeps fine. My baby sleeps or whatever. Or you slept. One of my favorites is when new mothers say to me, oh, my mom said that I slept great. As soon as I came home from the hospital, I was sleeping eight hours a night. And I'm like, your mom doesn't remember because that was 30 (laughs) years ago. (laughs) She has no idea. (laughs) Like that is one of my favorite ones. My mom told me I was a great sleeper. No, you weren't. It doesn't happen. No. And if it does, you're lucky. Like. But it's not the norm. It's just not. 
Yeah, and then I freaked everybody out because they're like, oh my God, my baby sleeps for like five hours a night. He's going to die of SIDS. No, that's not what I'm saying. No. This is the reason why you don't put your baby into a food coma. Right. Just let your baby, you know, have its natural sleep patterns. And that's what, that's, that's what you do. There is a huge difference between supplementing with formula or giving your baby formula and overfeeding intentionally to get him to sleep longer. There's a huge difference yeah. there. Right. And that's, yeah, that's not what we want you to do with your baby. And people, I mean, you may be sitting there going, who would do that? But people do. Oh, people do it all the time. Yeah, because they're told, oh, just give them the, I've had people that Put rice me, cereal in the bottle. Yep. And they'll sleep better, which is not true. Anyway. I had one mom recently. Oh, my God. She was so funny. She was told with her baby, and this is probably right around the four-month, five-month mark, um, because the baby had reflux, and they were like, just give her rice cereal. Give her some rice. Like, she was told this, like, by a GI doctor. Give her rice cereal. That'll help with the reflux. She didn't do it because she didn't want to do that, and her baby was spitting up all the time. So... Then when her baby got to the point where she could have solid foods and she started giving the baby cereal because it was solid foods, she was still spitting up all the time. She's like, so what would have happened if the ba- I had get done that two months ago? How would that have helped us? She's still spitting up all the time. And I know this has nothing to do with any, you know, with the sleep piece, but just the point is that not, that stuff doesn't help. Like people tell you to do this. People tell you, give them this, give them that, give them more food so that they'll be fuller at night. I've had people intentionally give breastfeed all day long and give formula only at night uh-huh. because they're told this will make your baby sleep better. Yep. And th- they probably will, but it's because it's heavier, it doesn't digest well, and it puts them in a food coma. And that is not safe. It's just not. I mean, there's we can like sugarcoat it, but it's just not safe. No, it's not safe. And we were talking today specifically about the four-month sleep regression, right? Is that- yes. Yeah, now that I've gone, you know, on a rant for Yeah, no, rants are what we're all about. (laughs) (laughs) We love the rants. So we are, yes, we're talking about the four-month sleep regression. So if you have a newborn right now, don't panic and waste the next three months worrying about what's going to happen at four months. And if your baby's older than this, then this will maybe help to explain a little bit what's going on or what was going on with your baby if you experienced this. But the four-month sleep regression, we're going to talk about what it really is, and we're going to, Abby's going to talk about why she doesn't like the name of it. So, <laughs> Abby does not like the word regression. I don't like the word regression, because it's just like, it sounds like there's, you're going backwards, that you're, that your things are messing up, and that, you know, you were supposed to be going in one direction and now you're going in the opposite. It's just like a negative word to put on something that's actually totally biologically normal. And kind of a positive thing. I always try to put a positive spin on it to moms when I explain to them why this is happening with babies. Mm-hmm. But I think the regression thing got into play because some babies, not all, but some babies maybe were sleeping better and then get to this four month point and stop sleeping as well so that's why they call it a regression but it's really not like you said it's biologically normal and if you're if you are seeing it as a regression and your baby was sleeping better better and then in your eyes worse now then you're lucky you're lucky that you had that time that you thought was great because i don't know i never had that 
I never had anything that was like, oh, this was a regression. Like, it was always just like kids up all night. I mean, and there's definitely like I have I've had seen both. And as somebody who's been working with moms and babies exclusively for the last like 15 years, I have seen the gamut of it. I have seen babies that sleep incredibly well all the way through. And I've seen babies that sleep, you know, three hours stretches at a time until they're a year old. Like there is no rhyme or reason behind it. It's very individualized. So you can't look at it and go, oh, well, this is right. This baby here that sleeps eight hours, they're the right, they're the good baby. This baby over here that only sleeps three and a half hours at the same age is the bad baby. Like, that's not accurate. They're all different. And because, I'm sorry, because your baby does one thing does not mean that they're going to continue to do that. If we know anything about babies, it's that consistency is not their thing. No. <laughs> Right. So, like, enjoy it while it's there, but it may not last. And that doesn't mean something's wrong with your baby at all by any stretch of the imagination. And it's not a feeding thing. So that we're going to be upfront about, number one. But one of the things, like, we're going to talk about, because I found this great thing that I was reading about, um, like, baby sleep. And I read so much stuff on baby sleep because there's so many different opinions about it. But the four-month sleep regression, if we want to, we can think of another name for it. But that is really based on development. You know, your baby's development, like Abby was saying, the brain, the brain development, your baby is not hardwired at a month old or at three weeks old or whatever to be able to sleep like that. It's just not where their brain is the brain development isn't there they wake often because they're actively developing and their brain is actively developing so they can't sleep that long plus newborns like have no circadian rhythm that doesn't happen until like two or three months even mm -hmm. so it's not like they're born and they're like oh yeah i know so many people go i think the baby's got their days and nights mixed up days and nights mixed up <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what a day and night is is that a mix-up like I, I don't even know if we can call it that but you can absolutely bet on the fact that when your baby's born they're gonna have their days and nights mixed up there is no i think about it like they don't even know what a day and night is yeah i they mean it's no not like they were yeah they were like working the night shift and then had to switch oh right. <laughs> my sleep's <laughs> all messed up yeah work at the night shift <laughs> um so this is interesting that I'm going to read what this says. It says, what is an infant sleep problem? While parenting advice suggests that there are discrete targets for sleep, there are disagreements even between researchers on what constitutes a sleep problem. Many sources imply sleeping through the night means five hours of sleep between midnight and 5 a.m., whereas others suggest four-month-olds can be trained to sleep 12 hours without a feed. Any advice that implies that most babies sleep through the night at a given age can increase pressure and worry for parents whose babies may be waking in a normative way for their age. Increasingly, experts define sleep problem as what parents consider to be problematic. So we're really creating our own problem. Of course. That's really what it comes down to. I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Like, but we don't think about like parents listening to this. Probably you don't realize that that's what's going on. I read because this. your baby's not sleeping. You go to the pediatrician. They say your baby yeah. should be doing A, B, and C, and they're not. So sleep train them. 
Right, right. Yeah, your baby should be doing this. This this isn't normal. Your baby's not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So ridiculous. I read this article once that was called... I can't even remember much about the article. I just remember the title because it was so awesome. It was like... Though it was like the West's, like the Western part of the world's obsession with sleep. And it was all about how we have created, like, we haven't slept like this throughout history. You know, we've created this now, like, eight hours of sleep at night around the 40 hour work week. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it was like all about how, you know, in the West, we're just like, think sleep has to go like this and it has to be like this in between this hour and this hour, where, like, in other cultures, that's not even how you do it. You know, you it won't you won't find it to be like the norm in like more tribal communities or whatever that people are just like, all right, hit the sack, ten o'clock, all right, six o'clock, wake up. Yeah, like it's just not how that works. This is all about the forty-hour work week in the West. And if you think about it too, like about the school schedule when well, your exactly. kids get to that well, school schedule, also around the school-age kids. Week, but- Yep, school-age kids should have this much sleep before they go to school in the morning. They should have this much sleep. They need to have this many hours of sleep before they go to school in the morning, which is also, yeah, like you said, around the 40-hour work week. Don't get me started on school, Diane. I know. That's another podcast. You know what? I don't understand how it happened, but we're at 17 minutes, and so... Oh. I I know. Look at that. All right, Uh, cool. Let's hear a bit about um, our sponsors. Yeah, because we got a new one. We do. We have uh, today's episode is brought to you by Eczema Honey Co. Eczema Honey Co. put emphasis on highly high quality and food grade ingredients known for their revitalizing and skin loving properties. Every ingredient has been selected because of the high quality and each ingredient serves a specific therapeutic purpose. Eczema Honey do not use fillers or any of any kind. They developed their products for themselves and their own children. Now they are proud to be able to share these products with the eczema community. They have helped thousands of people clear their eczema with their, with their clean, soothing, and non-toxic lifestyle products. Uh, these are great for kids, you know, because, you know, we have got kids and parents and they are clean, you know, ingredients for kids and parents with all kinds of skin issues because who doesn't, I don't know about you, but I have lots of skin situations. Um, to learn more about eczema honey co go to eczemahoneyco.com that's e-c-z-e-m-a-h-o-n-e-y-c-o.com and find their products at a cvs pharmacy cvs pharmacy store near you and yeah and today's episode is also brought to you by fairhaven health have you ever leaked through your bra or your shirt well it's a problem no more the milkies softies nursing pads have a three-layer design that guards against Leaks without add, adding bulk or puffiness to your bra. A plush natural fiber layer rests against skin and wicks moisture away quickly. The inner microfiber layer is ultra absorbent and the outer layer is a microbe leak resistant. But are they bulky, Abby? Will I look like I have a sock stuffed in my bra? <laughs> no, the softies nursing pads are contoured to shape to provide a better and more comfortable fit. Designed by breastfeeders for breastfeeders, softies keep up keep, keep us dry and com- comfortable and confident and proud. And this is the best part. The nursing pads are machine washable and reusable. Hello. So you aren't creating garbage and wasting money. Head to fairhavenhealth.com. That's F-A-I-R-H-A-V-E-N health.com and use promo code BADASS for not 10% anymore, 15% off <gasps> your purchase. Nice. Yeah. 
Um, and so all of the um, ads that I just tripped over today, you can find their links and the promo codes on our website, badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. Scroll down to the show notes where you'll find all kinds of links um, that we talk about in today's episode and you will find the, um, you know, further information about the sponsors and how to use the promo codes. Um, you'll also find our breastfeeding resources and information about scheduling your lactation consult cons- consultation <laughs> with Diane over there. Um, and then I have our shout out of the week, Woo! which is one that um, I'm really excited about because it is called The Birthing Place. And you can find them at birthingplacebx on Instagram. And they are uh, an organization that is trying to open a black and brown centered birthing center in the Bronx. Nice. So it is led by black and brown people for black and brown people to birth. Um, And they are... um, like I said, they're in the Bronx, and they are try right now. They are just trying to find a location and funding and all of that, um, which you can actually help with because they have a GoFundMe right now, which I donated to as well. Um, and I don't know if you knew this, but there are over 350 birthing centers in the U.S., and nine are led by people of color. Oh my God! So this is absolutely needed. We need to, um, and this is something that I think we hear about a lot in breastfeeding. We hear about centering black voices. And what that means is when we focus on the most marginalized groups, everyone benefits. So it's like, well, why would we focus on, you know, black and brown people? Because white people have breastfeeding problems too. Okay. When we focus on the most marginalized groups, the gro- groups that are being harmed the most, everyone benefits. Mm-hmm. Everyone. So this is why we need to be focusing on black and brown voices in breastfeeding and birthing. And you can go to Birthing Place BX on Instagram. If you go into their like bio and their little link tree thing, they've got links to more information on their website about their organization and also links to how you can contact the state representatives and tell them that we need more birthing centers. So, and they're on also the link to their GoFundMe. So check them out. They are a fantastic organization that is going to change the world. That's awesome. And that's all I've got. Awesome. So I have one thing to say quick, and then we're going to talk about the four month thing. But another thing that this, um, this article here talks about is that the ability to go to sleep and return to sleep depends on the ability to regulate attention and self-soothe. So what helps babies to learn how to self-soothe? Skin to skin, breastfeeding, um, calming, regulated attention, self-soothe, co-sleeping. The more calm your baby is, the more, you know, the more the ability that they have that they've learned how to self-soothe. That is because you've responded to their needs. You've done lots of skin to skin. You've done lots of breastfeeding from that with them from a very early age. They learn how to self-soothe a little bit easier. These skills develop as areas of the brain come online, and the development line is also not perfectly straight. 
across the first year, regression periods precede the onset of new skills. So it's kind of funny that they call the regression happens before new skills come. So it's like you're going backwards as you're going forwards, right? Like that doesn't really make any sense. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't. Your baby is developing. Your baby is progressing. Your baby is learning new skills. That is a really positive thing. It also causes your baby to be disrupted in their sleep patterns and in their feeding patterns. It just happens. They have all sorts of stuff going on. Can you imagine what's going on with a baby? Oh, my God. I mean, I can't even sleep when, you know, I'm bothered by a comment on Facebook. Right? Like, much less, like you know, my brain is going from zero to a hundred every day, all day. And oh my God, now I'm going to roll over. I've only been on this planet for like a little while. And now I'm just, and now my body is like telling me to roll over and it's like the weirdest thing. I mean, how do we expect them to just sleep all the time when all of this is going on in their brains and in their bodies? And their brains are just like, their sleep cycles are changing. You know, and when they're sleeping, I tell people this all the time too, like we are very easily awoken during the night, right? And then we can go up, get up, go to the bathroom, come and fall back to sleep again. You can't fall back to sleep right away. Maybe you'll start, read a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll watch TV for a minute. Maybe you'll snuggle up to your partner and go to sleep. Like what, are your, what is your baby going to do? They don't know how to self-soothe yet. They wake up, they can't put themselves back to sleep. Or they wake up and they're like, what's going on here? Where's my mom? You know, like this is... This is why they need the soothing and the comfort because they can't do it on their own. Mm-hmm. We can. And we really take advantage of the fact that that's easy for us to do for the most part is to just like, if you can't sleep, you get up and do something different, whatever. But your baby can't do that. Well, and then we think if we're doing it for them, if we're a part of this, that we're creating these lifelong bad habits and they will never learn to self-soothe on, on their own if we're helping them now. That's and the bullshit. exact freaking opposite is it true. Is exact, yeah. It is the, the exact, exact opposite. opposite. Mm-hmm. The more that you are meeting your baby's needs, the more that you are being there to soothe them, the more and better they will learn to self-soothe later. Yes. And it won't be tomorrow. It won't be when they're six months. Like, later. Like, now, my kids are uh, about to be nine and six. And when they wake up in the middle of the night, they look around. Maybe they have to pee. Maybe they're thirsty because we gave them, like, nine pieces of pizza. And (laughs) (laughs) they do that, and then they go back to sleep. Sometimes... I mean, most of the time they go back to sleep. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes Jack is just like, I can't sleep. And Jack's very sensitive, highly sensitive people. You know, people are different too. Exley yeah. can usually just crack back, just crash back to sleep. Jack, if he's not back to sleep in a few minutes, he's pretty frustrated. And then his brain starts going and then he's like so much like me. Like, and then he's thinking and then he's just like, oh my God, I can't sleep. Now I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. And then that makes it all, everything worse. He's going to be nine. Yeah. So I don't know what, you know, people, again, with the expectations and society and your doctors and all this crap that's going around, this is so far from reality. Now, the four-month regression, sleep regression, results from a large burst of brain growth. And you also have a physical growth going on at that time. So your baby might want to be waking more at night for feeds, and their brain is developing, 
and they are also learning how to roll usually around that age there's a lot of stuff happening so now we are so pissed at our babies for waking up more during the night try to remember that this is they're learn they're developing they're learning and this is keeping them from staying in a full sleep and when they're waking they can't get themselves back to sleep this is normal this is developmentally normal it could be very frustrating for us as parents but it's very developmentally normal for them to do that and usually at this point is when people say oh yeah just sleep train them but that's not going to work at this age you know it's just not that it's they aren't in a place where you can do that with them it's just not where they are no and you it cannot it make not it where be. they are you can't make it be you have to we have to stop trying to jam all of our people into these you know round pegs or whatever the saying is yeah this is just not where they are it's not going to happen but it says research shows that parents emotional availability can actually result in better sleep for your child right that's what Uh we were just saying and here's another thing here that you rarely will see when you look at sleep stuff but as abby was just saying intense or sensitive temperament in infants can cause sleep difficulties So if you have, we know babies are not all born the same. We say that like every single podcast. Infants with this temperament often have very low sensory thresholds. And these children resist sleep more strongly and sleep less overall. Temperament is an important contributing factor to infant sleep development and self-soothing abilities. Parents may need a slightly different approach to sleep as well as more support overall with a baby who is more intense or more sensitive. Yes. Okay. So remember when Jack was a baby? <laughs> I mean, you don't really remember, remember, but you've heard a lot about it. Yeah. And we had to, Exley was born and Jack with Jack has always been like really, really not a good, like not, he didn't sleep a lot. Mm-hmm. Very hard to get to sleep. Didn't sleep consist, you know, just one of these highly sensitive awake all the time people. And I had Exley. And he was still doing this. And I was just like, we were in a crisis. Like, I was like, I don't know what to do anymore. We hired Rebecca Meeky. You can, she's on Instagram. She's a sleep consultant. And I hadn't hired a sleep consultant before that because I was like way all like gentle parenting. I was like, sleep trainers will not come near me. Um, you know, all this stuff. Well, she, she was like, somebody got me in touch with her and was like, no, she's totally different. Like, you know, work with her. She the very first thing she did with me was give me this like big long personality test thing for Jack. And she was like, okay, he's in this category, this highly sensitive whatever category. So these are the things that you can expect. And we're gonna work around this to try to help, you know, everybody, of course, get the sleep they need. Because he was up to like two in the morning. Like I had no idea what I was doing. I like was not helping him the way that I needed to. Right, because society uh, said he should be doing this, this, and this. Well, and and, and like, oh also God, just like well, do? just like just you know, they'll just also on the other end is like sometimes it's just like you know this group of people maybe in the more kind of like crunchy side of things are mm-hmm. like just it'll just work itself out, you know, just let him go, just follow his lead, just do this. But the thing is, is that you do need to teach them things, just like they need to, you know, they need to learn to breastfeed, they need to learn to sleep, and so she was like. These are, we're going to work around his personality because you are just like, you're, he, she's like, he will not just have like an eight hour chunk of sleep. 
She's like, you need to, you need to just get that out of your head because that is not who he is and that is not what's going to happen. And so there was like, I mean, the things that made the biggest difference were us just understanding that like, you know, we were looking at it wrong. Right. You know, absolutely. it was, it was, we did all the work to try to understand him and how sleep would work for him. And then things within our environment, like she was like, you know, turn the lights down, um, have a little routine, have, you know, and we we're talking about melatonin and how melatonin is made in the brain. And, you know, it was just all just like learning about this and it was, it made a huge difference. But anyway, so yeah, how, you know, her big thing about that too was like these different babies are going to sleep differently. You can't just like put them all in one category. It's not going to happen. Right. Personalities are very different. And I mean, and we see that even as adults, like I am somebody who needs a lot of sleep. Like I am just somebody who needs that, you know, and when my kids were little, you know, I don't, I don't know if it was as bad. I think it just got worse as I got older, but like I've done the sleep testing and all that stuff. And they were like, you, you are somebody who just needs more sleep than the average person to function. Like I'm just always tired. It's just, you know, me, mm-hmm. my husband, he can pop up after, you know, I just need six hours and I'll be fine. Like I, I can't do that. Like I can do it sometimes, but I can't do it as a, on a regular basis. And I, I know tons of people who function just fine on smaller amounts of sleep yeah everybody is different everybody is different like you can't you just can't say oh what are they they're born we're born the same and all babies need the same thing but then as they get to be like 10 that's when they kind of start to yeah because because we don't yeah we don't see babies as people we don't see little kids as people we're just like, you're supposed to do what we want to say. And then once you get to be an appropriate age, then you have a personality. And then you have, you know, your unique differences. And my issue with with, uh, with a lot of this is, I mean, obviously the expectation behind it. Um, and then there's so much bad information out there about this whole thing. But we have such a huge lack of support in our society that when we, you know, these poor moms are like, I need to get some sleep. I need to get some sleep, but I'm breastfeeding, so I can't. Or my baby's not sleeping well. We don't have those people available to us to come and help us through the night, right? We don't yeah. have the ability. Not everybody can hire a a nurse. You know, I've I've known people that did that. Oh, I hired a you know a, a nurse, a baby nurse what? overnight. I've I've known people that what? have done that. Who do you know? Yeah. Like I've had clients that were like, oh, oh I have a god. baby nurse overnight. What that's insane. Or they have, oh, oh I, my god. I know somebody that is a postpartum doula and she does overnights a lot for people. You know, she's wow. hired to do overnights. And it's like that's if you can afford it, that's a great thing to have somebody that's there with you overnight. In other cultures, they have family members that stay with them, that help them. Yeah, and people take like you know, rounds throughout the night because again, they don't have this like obsession with the exact time of solid sleep at night. Right. But in our culture, we just don't do that in our society. It just doesn't happen. Right. And these parents are trying to really find a way to sleep. And then there's so many moms, right. Who are like, I can't nap. Everybody's asleep in the baby sleep. That's just not my thing. Like so many new mothers are like high strung and they can't like turn their brain off and relax and, it's like this is a this is a problem. Like overall, it's a problem of how to get sleep. 
Yeah. I mean, and the best way is to share a bed with your baby safely. Right. And you can go back to that episode too. Yep. And it is shown in the numbers that people that share a bed with their baby and breastfeed through the night and respond to their baby's needs like that get more sleep. I know you don't feel like it. Everyone's throwing like stuff at their phone right now, but <laughs> it... <laughs> Yeah, that's true. It it helps. It helps. And, you know, we, the, I probably every podcast mentioned how sucky our maternity leave is. But then you also have partners that go back to work very quickly. I mean, maybe not right now because of the pandemic, but overall, in general, a lot of partners will go back to work after a week or after two weeks. And if you leave mom home alone with a baby all day, not able to nap because nobody's there to help her, right? Like, there is, we have a very limited support system in our society for new families. Absolutely. Especially now, more so now, because of this pandemic. But, I mean, we have to realize what's normal, at least, right? We have to realize that our babies are fine. They're developing normally. It's not the breastfeeding. And we just have to figure out how to deal with it. But this is normal development for your baby if they're waking at night. That's normal. Like you said, there's really no way around it. Nope. Except meter, and there's no way around parenting. That's the thing. At all, yeah. without just meeting your kids' needs. There's no shortcuts. There's no... I mean, the shortcuts are breastfeeding and baby wearing and sleep, co-sleeping. co-sleeping. Those are the... Yeah. Sh- those are the, the, the... The things that are like the biological norms, those are the shortcuts. Society will make it all kinds of hell on you. <laughs> well, like that, our review. She was like, mm-hmm. I was told... That this is what you do, and that's what I taught people to do. And I said I was never going to sleep with my baby, and then I had a baby, and that was when it changed. It's usually what happens. Because you have zero concept about what it's going to be like until it's there in your face. That's right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. That's it. Thanks for listening. Thank you. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.